Good morning, Lindell, Georgia. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Lindell Station. You might be <laughs> chugga chugga, coming to your speakers. <laughs> this is Alan Goodwin, one half of your family ministries team here at First Baptist Church, Lindell. And Ashton Hudson, we are ready to bring another bit of our lives to your ears today for your listening pleasure. Yep, and you might be thinking... Um, But Alan, Ashton, it's not morning when I'm listening to this. And to that, I would say to you, it's not when we're recording either. (laughs) But either way, good morning, salutations. We're happy to speak to your ears. So, uh, you know, we've had a a lot of, you know, craziness here at the church, you know, changing of schedules. Uh, One thing we were supposed to have this upcoming weekend was our church Thanksgiving dinner where Mama makes her delicious bacon-wrapped chicken with cream sauce, and uh, we've had to kind of put that on hold for now with all the the COVID-19-related things that have happening, and just making sure that our church family is really staying safe. And um, I know that I saw a report earlier. I've got a bunch of friends that live in Nashville, and the I think it's the mayor of Nashville has now issued like no gatherings of more than eight through the holiday season. And so uh, it brings us uh, to next Thursday, uh, the, the last Thursday of the month of November, which is more commonly known as Thanksgiving. Um, I like to call it Stretchy Pants Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, the amount of food that is consumed, um, I believe it has a negative caloric intake because I eat so much that my body has to process it. And so like it's in like overtime. like It's put in its 40 hours and it's, it's kicking overtime. It's kind of like a, you know, like a twice-baked potato? Yeah. That's kind of like my Thanksgiving meals. It's baked in the oven and then baked inside me as my body <laughs> begins to process it. It's a little gross now that the words come out of my mouth, but uh, you all get the picture. You all know what I'm saying. So today we are talking about Thanksgiving. So we're going to jump right in. So, Alan, uh, Thanksgiving, Uh, you had uh, quite a few in your life, and all of your Thanksgiving memories, we're going to start off on the the sour thing, what was the most disgusting thing you've ever had on Thanksgiving? Man, so oyster dressing is a thing in Louisiana, um, and I really do not like it. It is, just think of dressing, think of like normal dressing. Uh, but think oysters in there, and not fried oysters, not anything like that, like oysters. So it's like you're eating dressing and snot, and it is just not good. And then here's a hot take for you, and this is my 27th Thanksgiving coming up this year, but here's a hot take. Fruit, hot fruit pies are gross. Apple pie, peach cobbler, all those things, if it's hot fruit, it's a no-go. I know I'm in the minority here, but I also have talked to enough people about this that I know there are people who agree with me. Hot fruit tastes sour. It tastes gross. It ruins such a great thing. Cold, crisp fruit is so good and so sweet. And mushy, sour, hot fruit is an abomination. There, so I, I said it. I have to throw this out there before I forget. And we will not be throwing any fists right now, but 
My grandmother makes the best apple pie. Well, she does, and so does my mother-in-law's best friend's husband. However it works out, it's super tasty, super delicious. Hot apple pie, but you put it with a huge bowl of vanilla ice cream. So, like, you get that warm crust, but the ice cream chills the fruit. And it's like the, the best of both worlds. But it does not chill the fruit. And you know it doesn't <laughs> chill the fruit. You're a liar. I will scoop apples because here's the filling is good. The crust is good. It's all good things. It's the fruit is bad. And I will scoop it out and fling it across the room. Your grandmother's apple pie, I bet, is delightful. And I'm sure my dogs would love it very much. So thinking of fruit, uh, I went to a Thanksgiving dinner cannot remember with what side of whose family because I try to like repress this but they had these uh, pears with some type of it, I thought it might have been like cottage cheese in the pear and then like a cherry on top I don't know what it is it may not even be any of that I may become no it's pear salad and is it that is the worst is, okay I saw that and I was like oh yes my brain instantly thought this is an apple my brain instantly thought that that's whipped cream. And it is not. And I put that on my plate, blindly talking at the dinner table, picked it up, took a huge bite, and at that point, like, Thanksgiving was ruined. There was not enough turkey, ham, and green bean casserole to save the day. Yeah, if you have never seen pear salad, it, it takes many forms, but in its most basic form, it is a pear half with the pit removed, and in the pit's place is usually a cottage cheese or mayonnaise. Uh, and then it's topped uh, often that might have actually been a tomato. It might have been a cherry tomato, not a cherry that you're thinking of. Because usually the only fruit involved in pear salad is the pear. And they top it with like shredded lettuce and cheese. And, I, I do think there's cheddar cheese on it. And it is awful. It is so bad. I, I truly think people make it as a joke. It's like a long-running Thanksgiving joke that... One day they're going to tell us about, <laughs> and we get to be a part of it and make it for the kids. It's almost as bit like, are you a deviled eggs kind of guy? No. I'm not either. Like, mm -mm. I'll see them on the counter, and I just skip right past it and go for, like, the double helping of macaroni. Mm. And people are like, oh, you haven't tried, you know, Aunt Lucille's deviled eggs? Uh, fair warning, I don't have an Aunt Lucille, <laughs> so I'm not offending my Aunt Lucille. <laughs> but, uh, no, I've never, I, I just, I don't know. First off... Like, eggs are their breakfast food. Mm. I have a hard time eating it outside of, like, post 10 a.m., mm -hmm. let alone with my plate of a cornucopia of food. Mm -hmm. All right, so we've already had the small debate of warm fruit versus cold fruit pies. Stuffing or dressing? It's got to be dressing. Um, dressing, and if you don't know the difference, stuffing is stuffed. <laughs> That's pretty much, it's pretty self-explanatory. Dressing is usually cooked in a pan. Um, the problem with stuffing, stuffing a lot of times is like more moist. I know that word offends people, so I will redeem it by saying this phrase, moister than an oyster. There, let that disturb you and let that phrase sink in. Um, no, like that has it going for it that it stays, it doesn't get as dry, stuffing doesn't. But dressing has the benefit of that crust. A corner piece of dressing, like in a casserole dish, 
is so good with some gravy on top of it. Oh my gosh. All right, brown gravy or chicken gravy? Thanksgiving is the only time in which brown gravy is the superior gravy. Now, I don't know exactly what you mean by chicken gravy. I might not have had that. It, or turkey gravy. Like so it's it's just, like a yellowish. Okay, so yeah. you're just talking about it's brown gravy rendered from like the turkey fat. Yeah, so like you've got like the turkey fat one that's kind of yellowish. Mm-hmm. And you've got the like McCormick's pack that's like 59 cents at Walmart that you just kind of add some water, whisk it up. And, and like some beef bouillon yeah, or something it's, in there. Yeah, it's brown gravy. So like a like And a then sawmill or... gravy, which is white gravy. Yeah, I mean, that's for biscuits. And literally everything else but Thanksgiving. <laughs> no, Thanksgiving is where the browner hues um, tend to really prevail. Um, and really all the way around, if you think about it, Thanksgiving is also like where it's okay for people to wear a lot more brown. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah. If you wear a lot of brown, like in it's in the middle of May, people are going to be like, why is that dude wearing brown? But if you're wearing a lot of brown on Thanksgiving, it's like, oh, he's festive. (laughs) (laughs) So the, I, you know, growing up in the South, there's. Always the people that call stuffing dressing, the people that call dressing stuffing, and then sometimes all of it's neither one of those. It's just cornbread. Um, but they've heard grandma from seven generations ago continue to call it dressing or stuffing, and it's and if it's not jiffy, then it's not cornbread. So mm-hmm. uh, it you know there's there's a lot to be said with with food and Thanksgiving, and so it brings us to what is your go-to Thanksgiving meal. Like, picture the plate in front of you right now. Mm-hmm. All right, we're, we're thinking maybe average 11 inches in diameter, like a typical plate. You might have sprung for the 12-inch disposable one so no one has to do dishes and then get straight back to watching football. But, like, 11, 12-inch diameter, you're about to pile this plate up. What is on this plate? So, it is the 12-inch, but it's the 12-inch china plate that's oval-shaped, and it's, like, like... It feels like you've got two plates stuck together. Like that's the thick, the thickness or the thick nigh of it. Yeah, that's the one. Um, you're gonna get some nice white meat on the turkey, but you want to usually if the cookie is, if the cookie, <laughs> if the turkey has been kind of cooking within its own juice, what I always do because the white meat will dry out faster. But I do think it's the best. I will then take my piece and kind of dip it in like the the turkey juices. That's a good, that's a, that's a hot take. Either that or, here's another one, a little bit of butter. A little bit of butter on top of a hot piece of Thanksgiving turkey just to kind of give it some more of that moisture, get it back going, get it, uh, get it properly um, ready to be eaten. Um, so you have a few good slab-sized pieces of that. You have some dressing. You have some mashed potatoes. Um, you have some mac and cheese. And it needs to be mac and cheese from a casserole dish. Absolutely. It's got to have that layer of cheese on top of it that's good and brown. Like that's... Like baked macaroni is far superior than pot macaroni. Absolutely. Every, day. every single time. Like craft is for beanie weenies and that's it. Um, so we will uh, have all those things. And then you have got to have the large Sister Schubert's Rolls. You have to have like the big ones, not the little ones, not the chicken mini size ones. You got to have the big Sister Schubert's yeast dinner rolls. And what I always wind up doing, I start eating the turkey like an adult with a knife and a fork, but always I end up making the sandwich 
in a Sister Schubert troll, a piece of turkey, mashed potatoes on top of that, and then you smash it down and you eat it like a child. So you can you can also sub in if you if you so desire that Sister Schubert's can reach out to her Aloha friend and go with a King's Hawaiian roll and you take some ham and put it on there and then take a, some of that mac and cheese and you have like a grilled mac and cheese ham sandwich and it's I think we're just going to like ditch all the spiritual talk that we have coming up and we're just going <laughs> to talk about food the whole time. I do have this to say, ham is an underrated holiday food for Thanksgiving and for Christmas. A good ham and not the pre-sliced ones with like the that thick layer of like brown sugar and stuff on it. I don't I usually wind up cutting that off because again I'm a child. I like a good non-sliced ham where you're slicing it into like half inch thick slices. Like a good ham sandwich the day after Christmas, a good like leftover ham sandwich. Oh my word. That is, mm, oh my gosh. That's it. I'm going to have to tap out of the podcast here and go make a sandwich right now. So while he's headed off to make a sandwich, I'm going to put you at our dinner table Thanksgiving Day. Um, my beautiful wife and her wonderful family, uh, they have a, a, an entire spread of food. Uh, we include your, your regular, you've got, there's ham and there's turkey. You've got the mashed potatoes and the mac and cheese. But the uh, go-to essential, uh, when Hannah and I first started dating, was I really love green bean casserole. And that's the only green that, it, like, warrants being on the plate. Because it is also accompanied with a heavy helping of cream of mushroom soup and those crispy French's fried onions. And so, uh, I take that 12-inch Chinat plate, um, and I put it on top of this fun little charger that's been cricketed with my name because that's what my mother-in-law likes to do. And I have a plate that's full of green bean casserole and full of mac and cheese, but we also have corn casserole. Ooh. It, yeah, it's and it's really sweet. So it's almost like you're having... It's like having, the sweet corn and the cornbread? Yes. Yes, that is good. And so like we make like a double helping of that because that right there, you can even eat it cold. Like, yeah, it It's slaps. almost like eating ice cream out of the bowl like at midnight. You just go back in there and, yeah. and corn may not make it to the following day of Thanksgiving. So we got all that. Put a little bit of ham. Like, it almost like could somewhat be disgraceful that I've got 90% sides and 10% protein. Mm. But I make up for it because my mother-in-law makes chicken and dumplings. And mm. so before that plate is ever even like attacked, about three or four bowls of chicken and dumplings have been consumed, along with about a gallon of sweet tea. And it it fills me up just enough to set me right into that nice little like early afternoon football coma. Mm-hmm. Uh, before people start going into the other traditional holiday festive events known as Black Friday um, that we will talk about some next week. You somehow fall asleep and wake up and it's 3.46 and it's, you know... A.M. or P.M.? P.M. It's 3.46 <laughs> and you're halfway through the third quarter in a Detroit Lions versus Green Bay Packers game that seems to be on every Thanksgiving you don't know, you have no clue how the game went at the first bit, but all you know is you fell asleep <laughs> in the pre-kickoff show and you yes. woke up halfway through the third quarter. So we know that Thanksgiving this year looks a little different. We know that Macy's has canceled their parade. Hmm. Um, some folks are battling and fighting illnesses. 
Um, our dinner tables will look a little bit different. The folks that are sitting there, maybe the food that's on the table. Um, but the thing that, that really does stand constant through all of this is uh, knowing why we're here and what we're here for. And so when we look at scripture in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, um, the verse that I'm going to share with you today is one that it gets shared a lot. Like it's, you'll see it on Instagram posts and Facebook posts, and it's 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. And it says, Give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And so they put that there, and one thing that I try and teach the kids, and I know this is one thing that Alan has probably taught in his years working uh, with students, and he's going to continue to pour in and invest into our students, is that uh, we don't want to just kind of just stop at one verse, that there's always context around a verse that really makes that one individual verse so much more powerful. Um, if we stopped at John 3.16 never read 17, then the power behind what that verse meant isn't even there. Uh, so I want to read to you 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Um, and it's, it's about 15 verses, so uh, if you're driving, stay buckled in. If you're not driving... Uh, put on your imaginary seatbelt. Just kind of strap in right here. Uh, as we uh, we start First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 through 28. And it says, Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to give recognition to those who labor among you and lead you, in the Lord and admonish you, and to regard them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we exhort you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle, Comfort and discouraged, help the weak, be patient with everyone. See to it that no one repays evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good for one another and for all. Rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Don't stifle the Spirit. Don't despise prophecies, but test all things. Hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of evil. Now that's the first part. That's just 12 to 22, and there's so much to unpack in there. The fact that it tells us to be patient with one another, rejoice always, pray constantly, and give thanks in everything. To not stifle the Spirit. That is so much. And Paul continues and he says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will do it. Brothers and sisters, pray for us also. Greet all the brothers and sisters with a holy kiss. I charge you by the Lord that this letter be read to all the brothers and sisters. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. So when Alan and I were getting prepared for today's podcast and we were kind of talking about this, um, it's very easy for us to fall into the the Facebook Thanksgiving, the Instagram Thanksgiving, where we pop on and we say exactly what we're thankful for, and there is nothing wrong with that. But if we do that, then we're only just taking that one verse for what it is. We're only taking that verse 18. We're only giving thanks for this one time a year where the scripture calls us and tells us to be patient with one another. Families fight at holidays. 
This is a time where 99% of us are off of work. We get that chance. Rejoice in that. This is a moment where you're gathered on a Thursday and you're giving thanks and you're having food and you're breaking bread with one another. But don't put Jesus on the shelf. Don't have him out on a Wednesday or a Sunday and then just to put him away on Thanksgiving. Don't stifle that spirit. Don't let the things that are happening with COVID-19 take over. Don't let Thanksgiving just be Thanksgiving. Let today, let tomorrow, let this entire week and this entire season be an opportunity where we are praying for one another, where we are loving one another, where we are sharing with one another. Because we know right there in verse 25, it tells us, Brothers and sisters, pray for us also. And it ends in verse 28, that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. As you're with your families, as you're having your Thanksgiving feast, as you are, some of you going out shopping, some of you are clicking away in online shopping, some of you are watching your football games, some of you are cooking outside, some of you are overcooking the turkey or you're undercooking the pecan pie. I want to leave you with this. Pray for one another, love for one another, be thankful, but put Christ first. Alan, you have anything you want to add? I think you said it well. All right, guys. Well, we love you. Hope you catch us next week as we jump into what is uh, one of America's favorite holidays, uh, Black Friday. But as you go into this week, let the words of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 be on your heart and your mind and just live them out. Live out these blessings and glorify the Lord for all he's done for you. We love you guys. Lindell Station, out. Choo-choo.